God, I thank you for those like a flood moments when you come rushing in. God, you do that that's exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power of your love working on the inside of us. So, Jesus, we bless you. We thank you. And, Lord, we do. We look forward for more uh, opportunity, more testimonies, God, of just who you are and how you love to reveal yourself to us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. And what I have up here, when I went to Israel, it's a little blurry. When I went to Israel in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which in itself, you know, there's like four or five different, uh, three or four or five, I can't remember, different religious groups that lay claim to that, like Orthodox uh, I can't remember all the names. I'll miss somebody. Armenian Orthodox, all the, But there's different groups, and they each have a section in this big church, and they say this is where Jesus uh, was tempted in the garden, and this is his tomb and stuff. And really, in the natural mind, it doesn't make sense because it's all inside of this building. Uh, it's a big building, but still. Anyway, they believe this is exactly where it happened. It's called the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. But it's funny. You can look up pictures in Jerusalem, and without... Uh, a unanimous vote, they can't do anything to the church. So since 1905 or something like that, on the outside of the church, there's a ladder leaned against a window on the second floor. That when all these different denominations, if you will, came together and said, no, this is our holy place, and they said, okay, Jerusalem just said, all right, it's all of his holy place, so you can't do anything without status quo, without everyone saying yes to it. So they literally put a frame around, there's a fence around this ladder on the second floor outside of a window that leads nowhere and goes into a, a window because they couldn't all agree to remove the ladder. So it's still there, hanging. It's still there. Sit right now today, you can look. There's a, there's a, fit, there's a, a fence around it. And it, it shows a picture from 19-0-whatever when they were working on it to present day, and the ladder's still there. Isn't that amazing? That was all free. That had nothing to do with my message. But this building, it just amazes me that everyone who calls this place holy to them, they can't agree over removing a ladder. It's sad. But inside the church, uh, inside of the church, as soon as you walk in, right in front of you is a, is a mosaic that's almost as long as this wall. Almost as long as this wall right here. And... Uh, the word that I felt that the Lord spoke to my heart was mosaic. And uh, you can go ahead and click. And as I pressed into that, I began to look up the definition of mosaic and what it is. And the different, and here's, here's the definition of mosaic. A decoration on a service made by pressing small pieces of colored glass or stone into a soft material that then hardens to make pictures or patterns. So go ahead and back out. Because... This is the center part of it, and again, it's not real clear, but this thing is as long as this wall. On the right side, there's a picture of the crucifixion. This is in the middle where they've taken Jesus down, and they're wrapping him in the grave clothes. And on this side of the mosaic, is, uh, it shows them putting him in the tomb. But this huge thing, and when you, walk, when you stand back, it looks like a painting. But when you get up close, there's all these little pieces that were placed one by one to create this picture. And... They're broken pieces of glass and stone and pottery and things like that. And they're just pre they were pressed into this soft material on this wall. 
And if you get up close, what you see, all you see is a bunch of broken glass. But when you step away, you can see the beauty of the picture. And when I began to press into that and just look at the definition and to look at what the body of Christ is supposed to look like, uh, I mean, it wrecked me, just the definition. This is just Merriam-Webster's de- de- definition, right? It's not out of uh, Thayer's Greek lexicon or anything like that. I just began to look at that, and it just began to speak to me because it says it's a, a decoration on a surface made by pressing small pieces of colored glass or stone into soft material that then hardens to make pictures or patterns. The second definition is something made up of different things that together form a pattern. And I look at the church, and I look at Scripture, and, and uh, Scripture says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 10. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. He said, We have this treasure in earthen vessels, in vessels of clay, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And then he goes on to say, we're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. And as I thought about that passage, he said, we're hard-pressed on every side. You know, Angel shared her testimony about how there was a span of time, two years, she was praying. And things would come up, and she'd think, man, this is it. This is what I'm looking for. This is it. And the door would shut. You know what? Those things press. Those things press. And here's what I know. There are many things in life that press, her, press us. But they don't mold us. They just press us. What molds us is who or what we let those pressures press us into. Does that make sense? What molds us is not the pressures that we experience in life. What molds us is what we allow those pressures or who we allow those pressures to press us into. And if they press us into Him, into Christ, then it goes on to say here that the that always caring about the dying the bo- in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. See, as we allow those pressures of life, just as the mosaic, they take each one of those little pieces and they press it. And that's amazing to me. It's amazing that someone has enough clarity to be that close to push it in, but enough vision to be far enough back to be, see what it looks like. And you know, what's amazing when you think about the body of Christ and you're that one piece that's just been pressed in, you know, and then the Lord begins to press someone in beside you. And it may not be the piece that you would have chosen to be pressed in beside of you. Oh, don't shout me down. I know it's good. That piece gets pressed in beside, and you look at the one that's pressed beside, and you go, I don't understand why this one is pressed right here beside me right now. I don't really like it. It's not what I would have chosen. I would have chosen a pretty color, a better shape, but it's the one that the Lord has pressed right beside you, and what we get so consumed with is just what's pressing right here and not what the Father sees. Because, see, I believe He's making something much more beautiful than we can even comprehend. 
And that happens is we allow, first, there are things that the Lord's wanting to press into us, so our heart has to be pliable. Our heart has to say, God, here I am. I'm your servant. I'm your son. And I want what you have for me. I know if I chose, it may look a little differently. Anybody ever been there? Come on. Today? <laughs> Lord, I want, here's what I'd love to see. I, I want it a little different than what you're doing. God, I believe we both have the same goal, but you're going in a totally different way than I would have went. <clears throat> But in, in that, in our lives, because see, as I said, this to me, it's not just corporately, but it's individually. I believe God is, is building a mosaic of our lives. And there are things that he's pressing in that we may not understand why he's putting that color right there. We may not understand why this uh, opportunity has arisen. And if we focus on just that piece, we miss the picture. And he's, what he's wanting to do is really reveal his heart to us. Because 1 Peter 2, 5 says this, You also, as living stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. He said, you are living stones. You are those pieces of the mosaic that I'm pressing together. And as you come together, he said, you build up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. We said this last year sometime. I don't remember exactly when, but I believe that the body of Christ is this coming together. It's creating this beautiful mosaic as it comes together. It's this body. I'll just bring it locally. The river here, as it's coming together, it's going to create an atmosphere to receive in those that one of us, of ourselves, couldn't receive. Because we've talked about in this new year, we're going to be more intentional in outreach. In this new year, we're going to be more intentional about how we reach out and to who we reach out to. And I've talked to a couple of people over the past week and a half about outreach and what that looks like. And they said, you know, one said, you know, when you start doing outreach, sometimes people come in who don't look like everybody else. And I said, amen. I said, if we understand. See, that, that was, I had that conversation Saturday. And all week the Lord's had me looking at mosaic. Do y'all hear me? So here's what I want you to understand. This isn't a country club. It's not a yacht. It's not a resort area. It's the body. And if we understand, and here's what's so beautiful. When we understand that we're all living stones, and together when we come together, we build a spiritual house. When we come together and we allow his love to be what holds us together. It's that soft material that we're pressed into. We're just pressed further and further into his love. And as we allow ourselves to be pressed further and further into that love, we'll begin to reach people that in and of myself, I couldn't reach, that you couldn't reach. And we'll be able to minister to them because we're ministering not out of our peace, but we're ministering out of the whole. Just as I said with uh, the ministry team that comes up here, when we pray at the end of a service, it's not just to do something. It's not just to prolong a service. And there are times that we do that differently. As a matter of fact, we're going to do it differently today as we begin to see from his perspective. And sometimes you just have to step back. I mean, it, like I said, I, couldn't, I didn't even get it all up there. It would have been so small that you, could have, you couldn't have understood really what it is because it would have been so long. I actually have on my, uh, on my iPad here... I was standing in there, and I just did the panoramic of the wall just to get 
just to get it because you couldn't do a single picture. Uh, to see the work, and I can't, I don't know, they may have told, I don't know, the hours that went in to making this. And we go, yeah, see, here's the beauty. God's outside of time. We look at time. Angel looked at time. Kelly looked at time. I look at time. I'm looking at time, just being honest. About some things in my life right now, I'm looking at time, and I'm going, really, Lord? (laughs) I know y'all don't do that. But, I'm, but God, outside of time, has a perspective different than us. And he said, I'm working some things in you. I'm working some things through you. And I want you to just trust my hand as I press in the pieces. Yeah, it is. It's a lot easier said than done. Galatians 3 says this, verse 26. Galatians 3.26, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. I said earlier about what you're pressed into. Jesus talking to Nicodemus, he said, Nicodemus, you believe into me. Believe into me. And that's what I talked about. If we allow pressures, Paul said in uh, uh, where is it? Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4, we're pressed on every side, yet not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why? That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. There are these pressures that go on from the outside. You know, people can come in and they can look like everything is perfect in their life, but every one of us, I don't care who you are, every one of us have different pressures. Amen. Everyone else are facing things that are either uh, pressing us into him or pressing us into bitterness, pressing us into despair. But we're the one who chooses where they press. By where we set our focus. Galatians 3 says, You are all sons of God through faith in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus. For as many as you are baptized, where? Into Christ, have put on Christ. Therefore, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The distinctions that he's, that's been created through religious practice and religious law is what he's dealing with. He is not saying that the, the Jewish race disappeared. He didn't say that the Gentiles, the non-Jewish, and that's the way that's classified there. It's not like the, the Italians, the Americans, the Spanish. It's not that. It's Gentile, which is non-Jew, and Jew. So he's not saying that when Christ came, there was no longer a Jewish nation. That's not what he's saying. He wasn't saying there's no longer Gentiles. That's not what he's saying. He didn't say that when Christ came, there's no longer male it's sexually or female sexually orientation. He didn't say, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, when we came into Christ, everything that restricted us under those laws of religion have been done away. Those restrictions are gone so that the, the woman can come in his presence as much as the man. That the Gentile can come boldly to the throne as much as the Jew. That's what Paul is saying when he said, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female. What he's saying is when we come into Christ, we're no longer classified by the color of our skin. We're no longer classified by our gender. We're no longer classified by our uh, ethnicity. What we are classified by is what are we into? 
And as we believe into him and we allow that life, that's why Paul said, I've become all things to all men that by all means I might say when what? Some. He said, to the Jew, I became like a Jew. He didn't say, I began to enforce Jewish traditions on people. He said, when I was with them, I would, begin, I would minister to them where they are instead of demanding them to be where I am. He didn't say that he went under that or even began to be. So that doesn't mean if you want to minister to a, a drug addict, did you go act like a drug, did you go start taking drugs? That's not what he's saying. But what he's saying is, I don't, I don't enforce religious laws on them. I love them and let them know this is where you are, but it's not who you are. And this is one that, this is a passage of scripture that I've been meditating on a lot because it's so easy to do. And it's really easy, even in, uh, in the context of what I'm talking about, about us <clears throat> growing. Because see, I want you to understand that this word is not just about how our church is going to grow forward. It's about how you grow forward as well. By understanding that those pressures that are there aren't there to break you. They're to make you. They're to mold you into him so that he's your strong tower. He's your source. He's your deliverer. Amen? Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. <clears throat> because this is what can happen in your life. This is what can happen in, in our church. This, this is what can happen at work. <laughs> It says this, for we do not class ourselves, dare class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. He's talking about those who blow their you know, own whistle. But he says, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. So what is he saying? What does that mean? What that means is this, that our responsibility is not to look around us this way and go, well, what about them? Why aren't they doing this? Or if I really love God, I'd be doing everything that John's doing because John, John goes to Africa. You know, John's doing all these different things, and, and he plays on the worship team. Man, he can shred a guitar. Man, I'm not John, so I must not be pleasing the Lord. 2 Corinthians ten twelve says, if you compare yourselves among yourselves, it's not wise. Why? Because God hasn't called me to be John. That is good. Because if he called me to be John, we'd have a mess. Because <laughs> I'm not John. He hasn't called John to be me. That's where, as I've, I've mentioned before, there's a huge difference between conformity and unity. Conformity says everybody, we make cookie cutter and everybody has to look exactly the same. They have to dress the same, walk the same, talk the same. Unity says we can all, we're all a mosaic. We're all different pieces of different sizes, of different colors. But when we put ourselves in his hand, it becomes something beautiful. And we can do the same thing in our lives. When there are things in our lives we don't understand, I'm all about the authority of the believer. I'm all about declaring what the Word of God says over your life and over your situation. But I am not about getting focused on what you're declaring instead of who you declare. Because we can lose sight. We can be so peace-focused that we lose sight of the picture, the beautiful mosaic that He's making not just with our lives, but with those around us. 
And as we choose to set our eyes on him, as we choose to go forward, because I, I do believe that as we, in this new year, as we are intentional in outreach, there are going to be people who come in here who, who look different than we do. That's what I'm believing God for. I'm just telling you. It's been, it's been prophesied over this house before that even that mom and dad would be fathers, a father and a mother to the fatherless because they, if you don't know who my mom and dad, that's my dad in the orange shirt there. Mom's not here today. She's not feeling well. Pray for mom. But they hug everybody. They kiss everybody. That's who they are. That's what they do. But it's been said that they carry that because there's going to be people who come in who need that. I shared the testimony last week about uh, Mac Daddy and the privilege I had of ministering to Mac Daddy and him coming to know the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, I'm thankful. How do I want to say this? I'm thankful that I met Mac Daddy where he was. That I didn't say, Mac Daddy, come where I am and then you can have what I have. I met him where he was. The love of God showed up in such an amazing way that life was transformed. And uh, Mark, do you care if I share the testimony that you shared about the woman that you, you and Keena ministered to? Is that okay? Mark and I talked, and uh, he talked about when they were in ministry that there was a lady who came in. And uh, this lady came in, and she was a... A stripper and what a a Wiccan. She was involved in witchcraft. And they loved her and Kena ministered to her. They ministered to this woman. She came out of Wiccan. She came out of stripping. But when she first came in and she would get her worship on, it didn't quite look like the little sister in the front waving her hand. Anybody feel me? Are you tracking with me? But Kena brought her to her. She didn't rebuke her. She brought her by her side and she loved her. And she was a fourth generation Wiccan. She had been in, four generations had been witches. And because she was loved in, now, it didn't mean that they accepted her in her wicked. They told her, here's Jesus. He loves you. She accepted Jesus Christ as her personal Savior and then made a transition. She repented, turned from walking into relationship with him. And as she did, Mark said she gave him this book, and I don't know all the details, but this book of the wicked practices and everything of four generations and said, here, just burn it. And, and Mark and a friend burnt it. But when she came in, she didn't look like everybody else looked. It could have been real easy to say, nope, we don't, that, we can't, oh, that can pollute all of us. See, that's the problem. It, you either have an old covenant mentality or you have a New Testament mentality. Old Testament is don't bring in the leper because we'll all become leprous. New Testament is bring in the leper and he can be whole. And if we have a New Testament mentality, we don't worry about it. I know firsthand, I was in youth ministry, and I was reaching out to a Wiccan community. I reached out to a young man who came in, and he would wear, a young man would wear black fingernails and a black skirt to church. And I watched all the church people. If I could have any pew I wanted in the church, all I had to do was walk up with him and sit down on it. Whew. 
they clean out. And the, there was no small stir amongst them. Because they, I got, I didn't get reprimanded because the pastor loved me. Who? What's not the love? But, <laughs> I'm just kidding. He loved me, so I didn't get reprimanded. He just said, this is what ministry is supposed to look like. But people, why is he bringing those people in our church? Because we just want the ones that look like us. That they may be a wreck on the inside, but at least they know how to dress. I think that God's saying, man, I'm making something so beautiful. And you're all a part of it. But what we get to do is say, Jesus, I allow you to put that pressure where it needs to be so that I am see it settled. Because what it says is that those pieces get put in and then they get settled, they get fixed. And then when you step away, it's something beautiful. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand. I'll just tell you I am. That there's some things in your life that aren't settled like they need to be. There's some things that you, you, you just go, man, that should have already been settled in there. He's been pressing on it, and it should have been seated and settled already, but it's not right now. But, but I want that to be different. I want that to be different. I don't want to see it from just my perspective. Your strength becomes our own.